For the second time in as many days, the New York Rangers absolutely destroyed their opponent just one day after defeating the Pittsburgh Penguins 6-0 on Saturday. The Rangers run it back, and they take down the Nashville Predators by a final score of 7-0 on Sunday. We're going to talk about just a mind-blowing sequence in this game that saw the Rangers score six goals on six consecutive shots on goal. Also going to give some props to Keandre Miller for his big game, a four-point performance, two goals and two assists. Got somewhat close to a hat trick. Wasn't meant to be, but obviously a fantastic performance by Keandre Miller. Also going to give some credit to Yaroslav Halak, who gets a shutout for the Rangers. The Rangers' second straight shutout victory. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 788 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I got a question for all you Ranger fans out there. How is everybody feeling right now? Did everybody have a nice weekend? Did everybody uh, get the chance to sit down, watch some Ranger hockey, and see them just squeak by the Penguins, see them just squeak by the Nashville Predators? Uh, Just some great stuff all around. Complete and utter domination for the entire weekend. Uh, First the Penguins, then the Predators. And it's funny because it wasn't really that long ago where I came on here and I was talking about how you know, the Rangers had played well recently, but I, I kind of lamented the fact that the Rangers don't really ever seem to get that many blowout wins. You know, they're few and far between. And granted, blowout wins are kind of rare in the NHL anyway because, you know, how often do you get a game like this where you win 6 nothing or you win 7 nothing? But I felt like the Rangers were overdue to just, you know, really take it to one of these teams and, uh, you know, basically just coast to a victory. And that happens not one, not once, excuse me, but twice over the weekend here, winning these two games by a combined final score of 13-0. And to kind of illustrate my point, the last time the Rangers won a game by more than two goals was back on February 26. In that game, they beat the Los Angeles Kings by a final score of 5-2. to two. The second most recent time that it happened, you'd have to go all the way back to February 11th. That was a 6-2 win against uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. So it hasn't been happening that often, but obviously the Rangers made up for that in a big way uh, over the weekend here. And something else that I addressed in our most recent episode, obviously, you know, we did a Sunday episode talking about the Rangers' uh, 6-0 win against the Penguins and how awesome that was. I'm not a big fan of sports cliches, but you know, you hear the term letdown game or like like trap game get thrown around every once in a while. Like I said, I don't really buy into that that much, but if there was ever a case where maybe that could happen, uh, you figure it might be a game like this against the Nashville Predators because the Rangers just played the Penguins twice. We know how out of control that rivalry has been over the last couple of seasons here in the playoff series last year. The Rangers beat the Penguins twice, uh, the second time in just completely one-sided, butt-kicking fashion. And then after that, you know, you're playing your third game in four days. You're playing the second game of a back-to-back. You're going with your backup goalie. You're playing the Nashville Predators team. And there's not really a lot of history between the Rangers and the Predators. If there was ever a time for there to be a little bit of a letdown, uh, this maybe would be it. But that was not the case at all. Because not only did the Rangers win this game in lopsided fashion, uh, they absolutely stormed out of the starting blocks. They were up, uh, what was it, 6 to nothing, about 10 minutes into this game. Razor sharp, right from the opening faceoff, uh, right until the final horn. And that's obviously uh, great to see and very encouraging to see going forward. And I think there's uh, somewhat of a reason why this is happening. 
why we're seeing the Rangers be so razor sharp recently. And I'm going to get into that in greater detail a little bit later in today's episode. But right now, I want to go ahead and just kind of break down these goals. I mean, just a marathon of, of goals being scored by the New York Rangers in this game, one after the next. And it's kind of just like an overarching theme here. I thought on Saturday, the game against the, Pengu- the Penguins, um, that was a case of, you know, a lot of really pretty goals, a lot of gorgeous goals with all these, uh, you know, passing and, and just, you know, great shots and, and just rushes into the zone, just some really beautiful goals, the kind that show up on top 10, you know, plays of the night and all that good stuff. I thought Sunday, there were a couple of those. There certainly were a couple of those uh, gorgeous type goals where, you know, the Rangers just, you know, made a couple of passes or somebody, you know, made a great individual effort. Uh, Philip Heedle's goal certainly comes to mind. Uh, I thought the one where uh, Trocek fed K. Andre Miller, that one comes to mind as well. But the bigger theme of the goals that the Rangers scored on Sunday, at least to me, was just hard work. You know, the Rangers were in on the forecheck. A lot of these goals were scored after the Rangers had already spent a considerable amount of time in the Nashville zone. They came after the Rangers won a 50-50 puck or two or, you know, won a board battle to keep possession alive or, you know, somebody made a pass despite not really having a lot of real estate, not having a lot of room to maneuver. Uh, a lot of these goals came, like I said, after the puck was already in the Nashville zone uh, for quite some time. And... That, to me, in a lot of ways, is even better than, like, the highlight real goals, the ones with all the fancy passing and all that good stuff, because the Rangers already know they can win games with skill, but when you're winning games like this with grit against a team that's kind of known for its grit in the Nashville Predators, and look, I realize the Predators were missing some key players for this game. I get that. 7-0 win, though, is still a 7-0 win, and when you think of the Nashville Predators, you think of a team that likes to win gritty, grinded out, low-scoring type games. You know, they're the team that tries to beat everybody 2-1. to one. Uh, I checked the stats earlier today. The Predators uh, in this season so far, they are fifth to last in the NHL in goal scores, but they have also allowed the 12th fewest goals. They've got great goalies. Uh, they play good team defense. And like I said, they're a gritty team. And so for the Rangers to out-grit one of the grittier teams that they'll play and you know, put up seven goals against a team that's MO is, is, you know, playing in low scoring games and just finding a way to edge out teams in low scoring games. That's tremendously impressive to me in some ways. And I, again, I know they were short players and they were compromised and all that good stuff, but in some ways, the manner in which the Rangers scored their goals in this game, more impressive than how they scored their goals in the Penguins game. I mean, you could take your pick. They, they were both obviously very convincing, very dominant wins. Uh, but for me, at least, uh, very, very gratifying to see the Rangers um, you know, win with some grit in this game. It wasn't all skill. Uh, but for starters... I want to go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about all the goals that the Rangers scored. We'll, we'll go through these kind of rapid fire, but I, I do want to spend some time on this first one scored by Philip Heedle. Uh, you had Miller passing from behind the New York Ranger net up to Philip Heedle in the neutral zone. And Philip Heedle basically just took care of the rest here, just explodes up the ice, pretty much went around every single player on the Nashville Predators, you know, making moves left and right through the neutral zone. Uh, once he gained the blue line, he was a man on a mission. He was going straight to the net. He had three Predators all converging on him at the same time. Uh, faked one of the defensemen out of his skates, went between the two defensemen, and scored on the breakaway, shot it underneath the glove of uh, the goalie there. Uh, but he went flying in and uh, certainly earned this goal here, which was his 20th of the season. And an interesting uh postscript as far as this goal is concerned, Yaroslav Halak gets the secondary assist, uh, his First assist of the season. He had a phenomenal game as well, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, but 
As far as Hedo goes, yeah, very nice to see him, you know, get off the schneid here. It had been 17 or 18 goals since he had, uh, or 17 or 18 games since Philip Hedo had scored a goal. Nice to see him get involved. Uh, Capo Caco had an assist later, and, and that's good as well because he's been in a scoring drought. Really, the only thing you can nitpick over these last handful of games for the Rangers is that the kid line hasn't really done a whole lot. But once again, nice to see Philip Hedo snap his scoring streak. Nice to see Capo Caco at least get on the score sheet uh, a little bit later in the game as well. And then uh, you get a familiar source providing the second goal of the game. That would, of course, be Mika Zibanejad. Uh, the Rangers are absolutely swarming in the offensive zone. Mika has a shot blocked, but the Rangers keep play alive. And this goes back to what I was talking about just a second ago. The uh, theme of this game, the Rangers just outworking the Predators and doing everything they could possibly do to keep plays alive. A lot of guys had a hand in this one, but eventually you got Panarin passing across the ice to his left to Mika Zibanejad, and Mika stops at home to make it 2 to nothing. And then uh, you get another long offensive zone possession. And, and keep uh, keep an eye out for how many times I'm going to say that, because that was the case for, like I said, a ton of these goals in this game. But you've got Truba and Miller playing pitch and catch a little bit. Uh, Truba passes from the top of the left circle to the top of the right circle. And uh, then Tyler Mott scores on a one-timer. Love seeing Tyler Mott get a goal. You know, he brings a lot of grit and a lot of, uh, you know, good defense to this Ranger team. Uh, somebody that goes out there and seemingly just takes a beating on a night-in and night-out basis. But nice to see him get a couple of goals recently. He scored in the first of the two games against the Penguins as well. Uh, great stuff. Nobody I'd rather see, you know, put, put a puck in the net than Tyler Mott because he definitely deserves it. We're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to discuss the last three Ranger goals. Also get into the big night that was enjoyed by Yaroslav Halak. We're going to get to all that good stuff in just a second. But first, we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So just kind of keep the good times rolling here. We'll go ahead and talk about the last three Ranger goals, or the last four Ranger goals, actually. I mean, there were six that happened early in the game, obviously all in the first period, and then we had Kreider scoring late. But, you know, the Rangers, they're playing four on four here. Uh, Panarin actually wins a board battle in the Ranger zone, gets the puck ahead to Vincent Trocek. It's two on one the other way. Uh, Trocek up the left side. He passes to his right to Keandre Miller. Miller scores from the right circle, four to nothing. And just like that, UC Soros has to come into this game because, you know, they, they just couldn't get a save up to this point. But he didn't really fare much better in the early goings. Uh, Rangers end up with a four-on-three power play. Uh, Panarin delayed with the puck here. And honestly, it felt like Panarin 
almost kind of just shot the puck out of boredom here, and he scores anyway. You know, he, he shot it off the near post and kind of just grazed the near post, goes into the net, and uh, just like that, it's 5 to nothing. Keep in mind, at this point in the game, we are only 10 minutes and one second into the game. So technically, the Rangers at this point were on pace to win this game by a final score of 30 to nothing. Can you imagine an NHL game finishing with a score like that? Can you imagine even like 15 to nothing? And can you imagine a team, you know, gets up by like 15 to nothing, 17 to nothing, 20 to nothing, and continues to try to pour it on? It'd be absolutely wild. And obviously, the Rangers weren't going to do that. It certainly felt like they took their foot off the gas a little bit later in this game and were content to just play defense and do everything they could to. Uh, help Yaroslav Halak get the uh, the shutout there. But at this point, uh, the Rangers had scored four goals in two minutes and 39 seconds. And then they make it six to nothing. Once again, another very long possession for the Rangers. You had Capo Caco, you know, kind of circling with the puck. He held onto the puck forever. And this is what we want to see from Capo Caco. We want to see him establish himself as, you know, one of the big-time power forwards in this league. When Caco has the puck and he doesn't want to give it up, there's not a whole lot that defenders can do. And it's been nice to see Caco take advantage of that skill set, you know, certainly a little bit last year and even more so this year. And it's something that I hope that he continues to do. You know, in the most recent game, he, he was out there on the power play, and he really should have shot the puck. It was another situation where he had held onto the puck for a long time, and then a shot became available, and he just didn't take it. I'd like to see Kako shoot the puck a little bit more as well. Uh, be that as it may, you know, Kako's got the puck here. He plays it back to Keandre Miller. Miller shoots from the blue line, and he scores, and it's 6 nothing. Looked like it might have taken a deflection off of one of the Nashville Predators, but be that as it may, Another goal for Ke'Andre Miller. And at this point, the Rangers tied the franchise record for most goals in a first period with six. The last time this happened was on December 15th, 1999 against the Kings, which is interesting because the Rangers were not very good back then. You know, they uh, they were kind of in that in-between period, uh, you know, when they won the Cup in 1994 and those players began to leave by this point and before the uh, Henrik Lundqvist era started. It was not a fun era of Ranger hockey, but uh, we'll leave that in the past. And then to just kind of put a bow on this whole thing, another long possession for the Rangers in the second period. Kreider with a stuff-in goal, number 32 on the season for Kreider. Uh, Mika Zibanejad, by the way, up to, uh, I believe it's now 37 goals for Mika. Yes, 37 goals for Mika Zibanejad this season. Um, just a lot of Rangers up and down the lineup contributing, a lot of Rangers having big-time seasons, and uh, it's been a joy to watch, and it's been great to see everything come together uh, recently with all these new players and uh, just seeing the Rangers basically overwhelm their opponents and, uh, you know, playoffs right around the corner here. Only 12 games left. So great to see the Rangers playing better hockey than they've probably played for, you know, I would say the entire season. Going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to talk about Yaroslav Halak and his big night. He gets a shutout for the Rangers uh, one day after Igor Shesterkin got a shutout for the New York Rangers. And we will do that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters... They are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, 
walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. All right, let's go ahead and talk about uh, what was another strong performance for Yaroslav Halak. And it's interesting kind of the parallels that we saw uh, between what Halak did in this game and what Igor Shosturkin did in the game against Pittsburgh. Uh, for starters, you know, I mentioned when we did our recap of the uh, Penguins game that Igor Shosturkin made a really big save early in that game, a difficult save right there on the doorstep. And you never know what can happen. I mean, maybe if the Penguins score there, the Rangers still win 6-1. to one. Maybe the game unfolds in a completely different way. But something very, very similar happened with Yaroslav Halak in the first period here. I thought this was his best sequence of saves and maybe most important saves uh, on the night. Two minutes into the game, though, uh, you know, Predators come into the zone on a rush. Yaroslav Halak slides to his left to make a really nice save. He then made about two or three saves on stuff and tries by the Nashville Predators. Sharp right out of the box, just would not let that puck get by him. And this also led to the Filipino goal, uh, where he basically just skated around the entire Nashville team and scored. This happened, couldn't have been more than a minute after this. This, this really strong sequence of saves uh, that you know, was made by Yaroslav Halak here. And then uh, also got to give some props to Yaroslav Halak for getting the secondary assist on this goal. I mentioned that a second ago as well. But here's a stat for you. So Igor Shosturkin ended up with an assist in the Pittsburgh game. Yaroslav Halak gets one here. So the Ranger goalies had a hand in two goals that the Rangers scored over this weekend while also allowing zero goals themselves. So the Ranger goalies combined for two assists while allowing zero goals. That's how you know, you know, things are obviously going pretty well for your team. But that's pretty cool to see. I believe they said that was Yaroslav Halak's first point of the season. So that's pretty cool as well. And uh, very, very nice to see both Ranger goalies playing very well down the stretch here. Uh, uh, excuse me, Igor Shosturkin running back into Vesna form. And, you know, obviously you hope and pray that Igor stays healthy. Uh, but it's nice to know that Halak has found his game as well and that, you know, he could be, if you really need him in a pinch, hopefully he can step into a big game and, and get you a win um, if the Rangers have to cross that bridge. But obviously, we hope it doesn't come to that when it comes to the playoffs because we want Igor Shosturkin out there for every single minute of every single game once the Rangers uh, make it to the Stanley Cup um, playoffs. And, you know, Halak was on top of his game all night. Right after the Heedle goal, and keep in mind, it's only one to nothing at this point, uh, Halak fought off another shot from in deep. So, uh, once again, a very strong start to this game for Yaroslav Halak. And, um, you know, those early saves are the bigger ones that he made in this game. Uh, then, you know, obviously, it's funny because the Rangers, you know, against the Penguins, they're up 6 to nothing going into the third period. This game, the Rangers are up 7 nothing against the Predators going into the third period. And we can all kind of rest easy and, and breathe and relax. It doesn't happen often in the NHL, especially with the Rangers. So uh, when these games unfold like this, we have to enjoy it a little bit. Really, the only drama left uh, was whether Yaroslav Halak would get the shutout. And it was the same deal in the game before with Igor Shosturkin. Of course, both goalies got the shutout uh, for the Rangers. Yaroslav Halak in this game stops all 22 of the shots that he faced. 
And, uh, you know, got to give props to the Rangers as a team in general because I thought they've defended very well in both of these last two games. Maybe against the Penguins, you could argue that they gave up a few more shots on goal than you would like, but I thought that was kind of quantity over quality for the Penguins. And then, of course, Igor Shosturkin making great save after great save whenever he needed to. And it was the same deal for Yaroslav Halak here. Although with Halak, obviously, and against the Predators here, only having to face 22 shots, you'll take that pretty much any night. Uh, But still, great game for Yaroslav Halak. And... Also wanted to uh, turn our attention to Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko because, you know, with with Tarasenko, I I feel like Ranger fans warmed up to him pretty quickly. With Patrick Kane, even though he's off to a pretty good start, I feel like there's some Ranger fans that maybe aren't quite sold on him, maybe want a little bit more out of Patrick Kane. I think they both uh, done a really nice job since coming over here. Both of them had spent their entire career, you know, a decade plus with the team that drafted them. So obviously you got to get acclimated to a new city, new teammates, new coaching staff, new playing style, the whole nine yards. Um, but I, I think they've both done a great job. And I think what we're seeing right now, because when you watch this Ranger team, and it's not just because they won both these games in landslides, but you watch them, whether it's these two games or you know the handful of games that have preceded uh, these games against the Predators and Penguins here, the Rangers just look like a team that means business right now. They look like a team on a mission. They look like a team that is hell-bent on doing something very, very special this year. That being, of course, lifting the Stanley Cup when it's all said and done. There's no guarantees. Uh, obviously, you get to the playoffs and it's anybody's game. There's no such thing as an easy series win in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But when you watch this Ranger team, they have all the tools. And now... You know, I, I don't think the Rangers were a team that was lacking in leadership. When you look at guys like Jacob Truba, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, uh, Artemi Panarin, even guys like Ryan Lindgren, you know, I think a lot of guys kind of take their cues from him. There's other guys as well. Barclay Goodrow brings some leadership to the table for sure, and he's a former uh, Stanley Cup champion, two-time Stanley Cup champion in his own right. But you add in guys that have been all-stars and guys that have been Stanley Cup champions like Vladimir Tarasenko and uh, Patrick Kane, I think that makes an impact on the locker room. These are guys that have been there, done that, competed in the playoffs in you know pretty much just about every season they've been in the league. Uh, you know, the Blackhawks have fallen off in recent years, but obviously Kane won the three Stanley Cups and has played a, a boatload of Stanley Cup playoff games. Um, but I just feel like, you know, you add guys into your locker room and into your team and into your culture that have that kind of a presence that uh, pretty much command that kind of respect and obviously can get the job done on the ice as well. I think that just uh, kind of reverberates through the uh, the entire locker room. I, I think that, you know, players kind of look at those guys, they look up to them. I mean, you look at like Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco, just for example, they're both on record as saying that uh, their favorite player growing up was Patrick Kane. Now Patrick Kane's their teammate. That's pretty cool. And I just th- feel like, you know, you add former Stanley Cup champions like that. You add guys that um, have been on, you know, a lot of all-star teams. That makes a big-time impact, and uh, it just strengthens the culture, which is already a strength of this team. The chemistry's been very good over the past couple of seasons, especially last year. But you add two pieces like that, and forget about what they do on the ice, which is also very impactful. But as far as just the intangibles go, uh, I just think it makes your team that much stronger, that much more focused. I mean, like I said, yesterday's game against the Predators, if there's any such thing as a letdown game, and we can debate that, but if there is, that's a prime example of a, a letdown spot, and it just didn't happen. The Rangers go out and skate circles around the Predators and beat them 7 to nothing. And as far as the more tangible things with Tarasenko and Kane, I mean, they've both done really well since coming over to the Rangers. Uh, 19 games for Tarasenko, 5 goals, 8 assists. He's a plus 6 in that time. Uh, 13 block shots, 25 hits. He has averaged 15 minutes and 50 seconds of ice time. And then with Patrick Kane, he's now... 
uh, skated in nine games with the Rangers, three goals, four assists. He's a plus one, four block shots, uh, two hits, and averaging 18.02 of ice time per night. Uh, we've talked about some of the intangible things that they bring to the table, but as far as on ice goes, I mean, they, they've both been very, very good. Don't get me wrong. I, I think they're making a tremendous impact on this team on the ice. They obviously make uh, the lineup a lot deeper, and they take that right-wing position, which had been such a weakness for the Rangers, and it's now a strength because you've got Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko as your top two right-wingers. But I feel like both of them are capable of more, especially Patrick Kane. And again, Kane, hey, seven points in nine games. That's a pretty solid start with your new team. Uh, but there's been times where I think he's been a little tentative, a little bit uh, pass happy, and I realize he's a great passer, and it's to be expected. We've talked about this in the past. He's on a new team, wants to set up his new teammates for goals and all that good stuff. But when Patrick Kane really begins to assert himself, I feel like he's just going to take his game to a whole nother level. So we have that look to look forward to as Ranger fans as well. And Tarasenko, I mean, he's been very good as well. I feel like he can go to a whole nother level too, though, especially playing with Mika and Kreider. Uh, excuse me, he's playing currently uh, with Kreider. No, with Mika and Panarin. There we go. Panarin, Mika, and Tarasenko. And it's funny that I, I mentioned that, and I couldn't think of the lines, because I'm going to talk about in just a second here that I don't think the Rangers should be changing lines anytime soon. But Tarasenko, whoever he's been playing with for the Rangers, he's pretty much hit the ground running. But still, I feel like there's a whole other level that he can get to as well, especially when you consider uh, the quality of his teammates and when you consider the fact that uh, that Panarin and Mika and Tarasenko line just looks borderline unstoppable right now. So good stuff there. And like I said, Kane and Tarasenko making an impact on the ice. I think they're also making a positive impact as far as you know the chemistry uh, and just the culture, which was already a strength of this team, but I think they're just making it that much better and that much stronger. Uh, like I said just a second ago, I do have to make a call here for the Rangers to stick with the same line combinations going forward. I mean, I can't imagine they would do anything to shuffle the deck, even like a minor adjustment going into this next game. How can you possibly change line combinations? Even the Rangers, how can you possibly change line combinations when you've won your last two games by a final combined score of 13 to nothing? I don't think even the Rangers can do that, but I just want to say, you know, the Rangers play the Hurricanes next. They got two games against the Hurricanes. If the Rangers on Tuesday, you know, say the first period goes by, scoreless first period, the Rangers aren't really doing anything offensively, Stick with these same line combinations. I don't want to see the Rangers doing something radically different uh, at the start of the second period just because they didn't score a goal in the first period. I think these current Ranger line combinations are clearly working, and if they have a quiet first period against the Canes or whatever the case might be, I think you stick with it. You let them work their way out of it just based on what they've done in these last handful of games here uh, for the New York Rangers. So uh, a big-time call from me to Gerard Galland and the Ranger coaching staff to just stick with these same line combinations. Please, please do that. Um, to kind of wrap things up here for today, uh, first of all, a big shout out to anybody that went to these Ranger games, uh, obviously an electric atmosphere in Madison Square Garden. Garden was rocking the entire night, and that had to be, uh, whether you saw the game against Pittsburgh or the game against Nashville, either one of those games had to be just a complete blast to attend and, uh, watch live, just seeing the Rangers, uh, you know, light up their opponents left and right. Uh, one other thing I want to mention here. Touch on it just a second ago, but uh, the Rangers' upcoming schedule, they're going to be home against the Canes on Tuesday. They are then at the Canes on Thursday and then at the Panthers on Saturday. Uh, the Saturday game begins at 5. Uh, but like I mentioned earlier in the episode, the Rangers have just 12 regular season games left. We're at the point where we're hoping that the Rangers have more playoff games remaining than regular season games remaining. Obviously, that would mean the Rangers are going on a pretty deep run, and uh, I think we're all hopeful and and 
you know, pretty much expecting that to happen. We're, we're confident in this team right now. Uh, but as far as a standings update, Rangers are currently six points behind the Canes. Uh, they are about to play them twice. Canes do have two games in hand. Uh, but there's a chance for the Rangers to make up some ground here. And they are also uh, still five points behind the New Jersey Devils. The Devils won their game against the Lightning yesterday. So we'll see. And that kind of leads me into one final thing that I want to talk about here in today's episode. So, you know, we could debate the importance of home ice advantage. And I saw a couple of comments on the most recent YouTube episode, you know, people kind of talking about that. It's one of those things where home ice advantage in the NHL and the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's not the end all be all. It's not like, you know, the team with home ice advantage wins 95% of the playoff series. It's nothing like that. And certainly, if you don't have home ice, you can still very well uh, win a playoff series against whomever you might be playing. But everything else being equal, yeah, I'd like the Rangers to have home ice advantage, at least in the first round. I'd like to be able to catch either uh, the Devils or the Hurricanes, finish in first or second, give yourself home ice to begin the Stanley Cup playoffs, Uh, especially when you consider what happened last year. The Rangers last year in the Stanley Cup playoffs played 20 games. And they had a final record in those 20 games of 10 and 10. The Rangers in the playoffs last year at home were 8 and 2. On the road, they were 2 and 8. And if I can remember this uh, off the top of my head here, the only two home losses were game one against Pittsburgh and game five against Tampa Bay. The only two road wins, game six against Pittsburgh and game seven against the Hurricanes. So that was it. Other than that, you know, whoever had home ice in the Ranger playoff games, the other 16 Ranger playoff games won the game. Uh, I'm not saying that things can't be different this year. I mean, I think the Rangers, you know, another year wiser, another year older for a lot of these players. They have Stanley Cup playoff experience. I would expect them to hopefully be better on the road this year than they were last year. And, you know, we'll see how everything shakes out. But I can't completely ignore that either. Again, home ice not the end-all be-all. But when you have splits like that, 8-2 and two at home in the playoffs last year versus 2-8 and eight on the road, yeah, I'd like to have home ice advantage, especially in the first round, uh, if that can you know be on the table and if that can hopefully come to fruition. I certainly would not say no. Um, but that will do it for today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers, your team every day. I want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, it is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.